0: Built in Buffalo family, what's going on? It's your boy, DM3. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everybody. I hope everybody out there is able to spend some time with some family tomorrow in some fashion or another. We have a great show tonight. I got a lot of stuff to break down coming off the bye week. Uh, we're going to have some news about the AFC East. We're going to talk about the Bills roster, some injury updates. Uh, we're going to talk about Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame, uh, Stefan Diggs in the Pro Bowl voting, and then we're going to touch on The Bills, Chargers, if you will, unplugging the Chargers going into Sunday. I hope everybody is having a great midweek. Hope everybody has some time off tomorrow and has, you know, some time to kind of rejuvenate, get prepared for, you know, this coming weekend and a big game for the Buffalo Bills. Home stretch, six games left. So I'm going to hit the comment section. We got the usual suspects in the building. My guy Cody's in the house. Um, We have... A rich, my brother from another mother. We got to start to show off like this. Let's go. So, coming off the bye week, you know, everybody if you if you guys are like me, you probably were sitting around on Sunday just trying to figure out what games to watch and who to root for and things like that, but I got to say, it was really really refreshing watching the Miami Dolphins Fins up the Tua led Miami Dolphins, the Fitzpatrick turn, Fitz tragic uh, Dolphins losing to the Denver Broncos. I thought that it was something that I think Bill's mafia as a fan base was was all rooting for collectively. Um, We know the future is going to be bright in the AFC East. Um, You know, the Patriots and Jets still have to figure some things out with their quarterbacks. It looks like Miami's got their guy right now. So in the future, I feel like the matchups between Allen and Tua – hopefully are going to resemble Kelly and Marino back from the the late 80s and and through the 90s. So um, it was interesting to see everybody that was talking smack about Drew Locke and how bad he was. Um, I was kind of on board with that. You know, I thought that he was kind of inconsistent. He's still young. I think he's got a ways to go. He's got some learning to do. But he came out after that first, you know, drive or two looking shaky, and he just absolutely did what he needed to do. Um, to get the win against Miami. And I think all of Bill's Mafia was able to rejoice Monday. We were able to not have to go on to our social media accounts and see all the fins up crap that was going around. So the Dolphins lost, the Patriots lost, and the Jets, of course, do what the Jets do and seemingly lose every week. So after the bye, this is what we're looking at right here. Now, a column that I want everybody to pay very, very close attention to is that right column where it says division. As you can see, the Bills have swept everybody they've played in the division. Miami's already lost two games in the division, and they still play the Patriots. New England's 2-1 in the division, so not really concerned with them, seeing what's happened with them and with Cam the the past few weeks, and then the Jets we're not even going to talk about because they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs um, this week. So you look at the Bills at 4-0, right? So if they beat... The Patriots, which I firmly believe that we will go and beat the Patriots, I firmly believe that you're looking at five and zero in the division before we even get to Week 17. Um, Miami will already have two losses, um, and they'll probably—I have a really good belief that they might lose uh, to the Patriots when they play here. Um, So the Bills get to five and zero in the division with the win against the Patriots, right? That means the Bills just need to take care of a few other games, and this division will be wrapped up. So, you know, for everybody two weeks ago, three weeks ago that was concerned, it's going to come down to week 17. I, I really don't think it will. I, I don't think that the Dolphins will win more than three games down the stretch. I don't think that they can go and beat the Chiefs. I don't think they can beat how the Raiders are playing now. Um, and I think they'll ultimately lose to the Patriots. Um, and I'll kind of break down how I feel about the Bills, you know, uh, last six games here in a little bit. Um, but It's nice to shut the fins up, squish the fish. Um, I'm I'm just glad that's over. Um, If you can, like this video. If you guys are watching on Facebook, I have to give a huge shout out. That was our bread and butter. That was our flagship, uh, was our Facebook page. As of today, we hit 20,000 followers. So thank you to everybody that's watching on Facebook. If you guys are avid built in Buffalo followers, we couldn't have done it without you guys. We do it for you guys and we have a huge team to thank. I I won't name them all because I'll probably forget some folks, but our team, if you guys are watching, I appreciate each and every one of you that works every day to share content, create content, watch the videos, do all that stuff. So let me hit the comment section and see what we got going on tonight because the comments are starting to fly in. Uh, let's see. Chris Bees, every, every show, man, you're here. And we appreciate you watching, supporting our brand, and being here for every show. And you usually watch the entire thing. Um, you put up with me for a good hour, hour and a half sometimes. Lone Wolf, 4-0 in the division. Love to see it, man, right? So if we take care of business you know, in Foxborough, which I firmly believe that we will, Because at that point in time, it may be to a point where the New England Patriots are going to try to see what they have in Jared Stidham, because I think here in a couple weeks they're going to be to a point where they're not going to be within a within you know anywhere close remotely in the hunt, as you will as Bills fans of the last twenty years were accustomed to seeing before Sean McDermott got here. So if we go in and we take care of business with the Patriots, five and zero in the division, I I would think that would almost solidify it for us. So. Great comment, man. Derek Robinson. Yeah, great comment, man. The Jets. The Jets play the Dolphins this week, and I think I think that they have. You know, Greg Williams is going to have. I think you meant Greg Williams. I, I think Greg Williams is going to have something to prove because I feel like everybody in that coaching staff might be looking. You know, we got Black Monday after after the season ends. The Monday after the last Sunday of football. Black. They call it Black Monday. I feel like some of these coaches on the jets are going to be looking for jobs and Greg Williams is probably going to be one of them. And I can say one thing about Greg Williams, you know, him being a bills coach, you know, previous, you know, you know, not too, not too far back, but a little ways back, but Greg Williams seems to always try to bring it, improve himself over and over again, no matter how, um, how bad his team overall seems to be. I think Greg Williams is, is a really good, defensive coordinator, and I think he'll have a package in place for Tua, and they benched Tua in the middle of a playoff run, so what does that say, you know, I I like Brian Flores, and I know a lot of people in the national media are high on Brian Flores, and what he's been able to do is very Sean McDermott-esque 2017 a lot of these guys that were practice squad guys cast off from other guys some free agents young draft picks he's gotten them to buy into his system and they're playing really well really really good defensive unit average to maybe a little bit above average you know offense with a heavy dose of the run which was the bills essentially of 2017 so i i just you know greg williams i think he's coming after tua and to, you know it's it, it was a horrible decision i think to bench tua you got to figure out what you got i understand some of the 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 logic behind it right because you are competing for a possible playoff berth but you were competing at a high level when fitzpatrick was playing and then all of a sudden you were on a three game win streak and you pulled fitzpatrick to put tua in so it's kind of confusing what's going on there um if you guys are watching on youtube smash the like button um the more likes we get um the better reviews we'll get and this will kind of kick up you know the algorithms on youtube and we'll get more engagement which is ultimately what we want here at built in buffalo we want as many people in these live chats so that we can interact with as much as bills mafia as possible please subscribe hit the bell um our youtube channel is almost to 2100 Um, and if you guys haven't checked out after the video, check out the Josh Allen video that we just uploaded on Saturday. Um, all of his best throws through week 10, it's doing really well. We're getting some really good reviews on it. So I, you know, check that out if you can. So let's get into something else that came up today. Kind of, you know, I, I thought we were kind of done talking about this and I thought that it was kind of a long shot and I thought that. There wasn't going to be really much more push for this. So Steve Tasker and Cornelius Bennett have made the list, the pre-qualifying list of the 20 finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, Bennett's a little bit surprising, but Steve Tasker, I feel like, it seems like everybody every year is talking about, where's Steve Tasker on this list? Why isn't Steve Tasker on this list? Because if you ask me, he absolutely revolutionized. The the gunner position on special teams. I have a clip I'm going to show you from Good Morning Football. I'm not sure if you guys watch that or not on on the NFL Network, but it was very um, eye-opening and just kind of listen to Kyle Brandt and the insight that he gives um, about Steve Tasker and what he did for special teams back in the late 80s and 90s. Steve Tasker is the greatest special teams player of all time, and there is no argument. It is him. It is everybody else beneath him. I want this guy in bad. I I think that if you are the greatest ever at your position, you're in the Hall of Fame, which is why Ray Guy is a Hall of Famer, which is why Adam Vinatieri should be, which is why Devin Hester should be, and why Steve Tasker should be. He's also the reason the Pro Bowl includes a special team slot, which means think of all those players who've gotten incentives, who have gotten contracts based on making Pro Bowls. They've gotten that. Now, what he the video cut off a little bit earlier, but what he was going to allude to was the fact that Steve Tasker made the gunner position a position for guys that might not have made the team otherwise something to, you know, okay, I'm so I'm a running back and I'm probably not going to make the active roster as a running back because there's too much talent ahead of me. What if I really perfect my craft as a gunner? And what he was about to say was teams have put incentives for special teams players in their contracts, you know, as far as making the pro bowl, as far as tackles, as far as production, things like that. So I I think he had a valid point. If you're the best, arguably the best. And I think that anybody in Bill's mafia will defend me. When I say that Steve Tasker is probably the best gunner in the history of the NFL. If you're the best at it, nobody has done it better than you. Why shouldn't you be in the hall of fame? Right? So, Something cool. Um, we posted something on all of our social media. So if you guys want, check that out. Um, Cornelius Bennett, too. Kudos to him, man. He he was a tackle machine when he was with the Bills. Um, I don't really think he has a, a shot to make it because you look at the names that are on the ballot this year. Uh, Peyton Manning, Megatron, and, and the likes like that. So, But I just thought that that was cool, and I wanted to touch on that. So speaking of the Pro Bowl, because we brought, brought up the Pro, the Pro Bowl while talking about Steve Tasker. Um, Do you know, Bills Mafia, who leads all wide receiver voting in the AFC? I mean, you could probably figure it out. It's this guy right here. Buffalo Bills, wide receiver, number 14, Stefan Diggs. And it's just funny that all of the outside media... Definitely Vikings fans. We're all talking about how by week nine, eight, nine, Diggs will want to request a trade. He'll be pissed off that Josh Allen keeps overthrowing him, all this stuff, right? Well, guess what? He's on pace to shatter every Buffalo Bills receiving record in a single season that there is. Um, I'm not sure about touchdowns, but I think that progression will pick up um, the more we head into some of these key games coming up. So, kudos to Stefan Diggs, first year in the Bill's offense, definitely has set himself apart from a lot of these number one wide receivers in the game. And I will go on record as to say that he is the top three wide receiver in the NFL. We spoke about it a little bit on Bill's on Saturday. I knew Stefan Diggs was good. I knew he was, he, he had sneaky good feet. I knew he was quick. He had a great release. I knew he will go and get contested catches because he's not the biggest guy. But just watching him catch intermediate passes, watching him have bubble screens, watching him go deep, watching him go up and fight off DBs for passes, its he hes he's really good. And the fact that he's 26 years old and the Bills restructured his contract and gave him some more money up front – um he's going to be here for a while and he's going to be here with the likes of Gabe Davis Isaiah Hodgins and the younger guys once we figure out what we're doing with John Brown and Cole Beasley because their contracts are coming up here in a couple years so let me know your thoughts on that I'm going to hit the comment section because they're starting to fly in here pretty quick uh Lone Wolf agrees with me Tasker needs to be in I agree. I agree. I just thought it was nice that a national media outlet was actually talking not about all the other guys on the ballot, right? They were talking about Steve Tasker and for what he was able to do. And what's crazy is Jim Kelly has gone on record. Now he played with Andre Reed and they put up ridiculous numbers in the tenure that they both played together. Jim Kelly has gone on record and said that Steve Tasker would run special teams in practice would run the offense, would sit in the film room in both of those, and he was the best wide receiver as far as route running and hands that he has ever played with. So I thought that was cool. I know the video package that Good Morning Football put up was of not him blowing up people like we all know he could, but it was him catching passes. So let me know what you guys think about that. Tasker in. Give me a thumbs up if you think Tasker should get in. Um, If you guys could. Please smash the like button if you're watching on Facebook. Smash the ever loving you know what out of the like button. Share this video if you're watching on YouTube. Please hit the bell that way you get notified when we go live. We got another show coming on Saturday. Uh, Bill's Biology Crew will be back at nine o'clock Saturday night. Um, and if you could subscribe to our channel, that would be great so that we can get more and more engagement. We're going to bring you guys more and more content. We have a lot more stuff lined up. I know I keep saying that, but it's happening. So, all right. So let's look at. After Week 11, let's take a look at what the playoff seeding looks like heading into Week 12, which will start tomorrow um, on Thanksgiving. And I'm going to talk about the Thanksgiving games here in a little bit. Um, missing from this graphic, the Steelers are number one in the AFC or in the AFC. I thought that was a given, so I didn't put it on there. They're they're 10 and 0. They're the number one seed in AFC, and the Saints are a and 2. They're the number one seed in the NFC. This is really interesting because. If you look at the Raiders and Chiefs, that's a division game, and the Raiders have played the Chiefs really good both games, so that would be exciting to watch. The Titans and the Colts is a division game, so that would be the third time they'd play that this year, so that would be really interesting to watch. And, yes, we would be able to see the number one overall pick versus the number seven overall pick of the 2018 draft, Baker Mayfield versus Josh Allen. What do you guys feel about that? I feel like that's a really good matchup for the Bills. I feel like that's a really good matchup for our offense against their defense. Um, one thing that would concern me is their their run game. Um, they got two backs in, in Kareem Hunt and uh, Chubb that are just – they're they're tearing the league up right now. So that would be one thing that would concern me. But I feel very comfortable playing um, the 7-3 and three at this rate, um, Cleveland Browns. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Um, And then we're going to get into some Bills injuries because there is some stuff I do want to talk about with that. So crazy, crazy Sunday, right? Crazy, crazy bye week. Um, You know, the Chargers won. So they're kind of they got in the win column. Um, Bosa looks kind of angry. Ingram looks kind of angry, like they're not happy with how they how they've been playing. So I can't wait to we're going to dive into that here in a minute. A rich says we will beat the Browns. I I absolutely agree. And here's the thing: so looking at all those teams, right? The Browns are the only team. Browns and Colts are the only two teams because we'll play the Steelers. We've played the Chiefs. We've played the Raiders. We've played the Titans. So I, I I'm not concerned. Depending on how these last six games, you know, play out, I don't I don't feel worried about you know playing the Chiefs. Um, playing the Steelers, I, I'm not high on the Steelers. That 10-0 is a huge mirage. The 10-0 Steelers is a huge mirage. They've been in some dogfights in some games that they should have won. They were manhandled, and were very fortunate to beat the 6-4 and four Baltimore Ravens, who look like an absolute different team than they were last year. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with their offense. The defense just isn't clicking on all cylinders. Um, but the, the Steelers are 10-0. But I'm not overly concerned when we play them on Sunday night. I'm not overly concerned. Is it going to be a tough game? Yes, absolutely. Um, but they're, everybody's putting Big Ben in, in the MVP conversation now. Like, what is he? what has he done to put him ahead of Josh Allen? They're putting Kyler Murray ahead of Josh Allen because of all the rushing touchdowns that he has. I mean, it's just, it's insane. I mean, they're still putting Russell Wilson ahead of Josh Allen. I mean, they're looking specifically at numbers now, which is kind of crazy. So, A. Rich says the Chargers have a ton of talent. I agree, man. I agree. Um, all right, so let's talk about injuries, and then we're gonna we're gonna dive into how we can unplug the Chargers. Um, so this injury report came out today, and Wednesday is if if you guys don't know, Wednesday is a typical rest day for the vets. McDermott likes to have these guys rest on Wednesdays. We saw it a lot when we had LaShawn McCoy, uh, Kyle Williams. All those guys usually get rest days. Um, the thing down here that concerns me is what are we doing with John Brown? All right, so we had the bye week. You know, we all saw what happened, you know, in in the last game against the Cardinals. We all saw it. it looked It looked very gruesome, and I don't think he's been right for a long time. I I feel like this is a week where we could sit John Brown and we give somebody else some reps. Now, I know we just brought we just brought Isaiah Hodgins um, off the IR, and he's been practicing. So I don't know if they're going to give him a look. You know, we have Duke Williams sitting on the practice squad. But I think that this is a game where you need – if he's not even 75%, I wouldn't play him. If he's not 100%, I wouldn't play him. If he's not in tip-top shape – because you guys have all seen – on the screens, the bubble screens that they're running, he doesn't have the explosiveness that, that we're used to seeing from John Brown. The times that they've run the play, he should have scored on each one of those. But there's times when he just gets caught from behind, which is not John Brown-like. The explosiveness isn't there. It's a knee. It's a calf. It's a foot. There, It's always something different in his leg. So let me know what you guys think. Should we kind of rest John Brown? Should we let him go? Um you know, should we kind of figure out what's what's what? Um, I'm still interested to kind of see what's gonna happen with Matt Milano. Um, he's eligible to come back from the IR this week. So A Rich, start McKenzie if Brown's a no-go. A Rich loves A loves McKenzie. And I don't blame him. He had a touchdown against the Seahawks. And he he's he's another one of those guys. You know, we, we classify him as a gadget guy, right? Like he's a he's a gadget guy. He's one of those guys that just can do jet sweeps and maybe he can run a couple routes. but Isaiah McKenzie has been working on his route running and he looks, he looks like he's getting improved every single time that he's out there. So let's see. Oh yeah. Here we go. Wrong one. My bad. Here we go. Lone Wolf. Pitt has good D no real concern with their offense. Yeah. I mean, that's what their MO has been for the past two years, right? I mean, they were at some point during the season earlier on, they were on pace to set the NFL record for sacks. I don't believe that that's the case anymore. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. But, I mean, are we overly concerned with Pittsburgh and Juju Smith-Schuster? He He's walking around trampling all over the Jaguars logo at center field, and I think he had like 23 yards receiving. Like, are we concerned against the Jaguars? I mean... I know they got Chase Claypool, which I I think everybody in our group, in our group chat was in love with Chase Claypool. I know I I was high on him. Um, But other than that, if we can stop their run, they're going to have to pass. We're getting healthy in the the secondary, right? I mean, Norman's back. You know, Wallace is back. You know, I mean, we got Dane Jackson now. I mean, Trey's obviously there. Micah Hyde's healthy. Jordan Poyer's healthy. So, I mean, I think we have – and here, here's the thing, guys. And here, here's the thing. I'll, I'll I'll, break this down to you guys a, l- a little bit further. Our defense is getting better. I think that McDermott knew that this was going to happen. I'm not saying that he allowed it to happen, but I think he knew that the chemistry was going to take time. I think Brandon Bean knew that the chemistry was going to take time. He brought in these vets from these other teams and mixed it in with our rotation and you're getting a mixed bag every week, right? Like some weeks we get a really run heavy defensive line. And then some weeks we have guys that are inactive for, for whatever reason. So we'll see, we're getting, we're getting healthy. Um, if we can get Milano back, um, even if he's not healthy for the charges, if we can get him back for the following game, I think that that would be a huge, a huge asset for us for the home stretch. As long as he's a hundred percent, you know, so I feel I feel very comfortable against Pittsburgh. I feel very comfortable. Yeah, and good comment William. Haven't heard anything about linebacker Lee. And I I watched the game. Uh he was in on very few very very few snaps. So, oops, I lost my thing there. So, he was <clears throat> he was in on very very little snaps. So, I think he's still trying to get working, you know, into the system and things like that. So, let me hit the comment section. Let me know what you guys think. And then I'm going to break down this Chargers game a little bit here then we'll uh, I'll, we'll talk about the schedule and then we'll or, or the Chargers game and then I'll break down the rest of the Bills schedule. Creesby says Bills need to let Chargers go ahead and see them crumble for the win. I like that one. All right, so <clears throat> as we all know, Justin Herbert, I think that if he would have came out last year, he probably would have been the number 1 overall pick. That's just my opinion. He chose to go back to school. Now he's doing his thing. He's got 22 touchdown passes. He's got almost as many yards as Josh Allen. Um, The problem is he's playing on a three and seven football team and he has to pass pretty much the whole second half because they're playing catch up. So he's got, he's got more attempts. He's got, you know, he's got a big arm. He's six foot six. Josh is six, five. They're both around 240. So it's kind of a mirror image. So the bills are going to be practicing heavily this week. I think, looking at Josh Allen and the things he does and saying, okay, this is what Justin Herbert's doing. Um, The kid looks good. He looks, he looks calm. Um, But there is times that I'm, you know, I get a little concerned with his decision-making, which would benefit the bill's defense. Of course, there's times when he looks like he gets rushed and excuse me. There's times when it looks like he doesn't get through his progressions and he focuses on one particular receiver, which ultimately ends up either in a really bad thrown pass um, or a pick. Um I don't think he's as mobile as Josh. Um I think that Josh is still the more athletic quarterback, but he's Herbert's got a cannon for an arm. So the Bills are going to have their work cut out for them. Um Eckler, as we know Austin Eckler has been practicing this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Austin Eckler has been practicing this week, so um that's a positive for the Chargers. The Bills are going to have to be on their A game in their run defense, so it'll be interesting to see if McDermott goes how he goes with his defensive line rotation because he's, you know, as, as we've seen, he's been resting Harrison Phillips. Um, Harrison Phillips, a run stuff guy. He's not mu- that much of a pass rush guy. So we'll see what's going on. AJ Appanessa, there was some conflicting reports about was he practicing today? Was he not practicing today? The report that I got early on said that he had a red co- non-contact jersey on, and then he was full participant in something I saw later on. So conflicting reports there. Um, Jerry Hughes is is i don't know he's got this weird back injury every week he's on there with a back injury i don't know if that's something that in the off season is going to have to get fixed but he'll go on sunday i'm almost guaranteeing of that lone wolf do the bills have an a game run defense um i don't know i i don't i mean like i alluded to earlier i think the defense is getting better if you look at what happened against the, the chiefs and some people have conflicting reviews on our defense. Some people say, well, the bills let them run and didn't want to give up anything over top, big plays, big chunk plays, right? Some people will say the chiefs were just toying with the bills defense and were dinking and dunking, doing whatever they want. And then just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. When they needed to pass, they, they got a pass. Um, and then you look at the jets game. I know it's the jets. Still an NFL team, still a team at that point, really had nothing to lose. They could have pulled out all the bells and whistles and the tricks, and the Bills shut them down in the second half, as we know, four four yards of total offense in the second. And then as the games start progressing, you see what we did to Russell Wilson, arguably one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. When he's outside the pocket, he's dangerous. And the Bills shut that down. They hit him 16 times whether they cause picks, whether it's a sack, whatever it is, they got him off his rhythm. And I believe that's why he had four turnovers in that game. And you look at the game against the Cardinals, you, you look at the 32 points, but the last six were on some bullshit hail Mary. That happens one time out of a thousand. Um, they held in check for the most part on the one drive. When he scored the touchdown, it looked like the bills were kind of just playing some sort of prevent defense, but the bills are getting after the quarterback. I think the bills The run defense is coming along a little bit. And what's really, really, you know, positive and what looks good is the fact that we're, we're, our, our pass defense is getting better. We're not giving up huge plays. We're covering stuff up underneath. You know, we're not giving up the big, long third down plays anymore. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. And I feel like every game is just going to be a notch for us to get more momentum get more continuity, get, get this scheme in place and just get us going in the right direction. And I think by the end of the season, I think that's right by the time the playoffs hit. I think that's when the bills defense is going to hit its stride. Cause we know the offense is going to be there. We've seen a lot more positive, a lot more good come out of the offense than we've seen bad, right? We've seen what the bills can do when they really, really want to pick a game plan, stick to it and attack. Right? So That's that. And if you talk to, or if you talk to, if you watch a lot of these national media outlets, they will tell you that the bills are the, the most capable team offensively to go toe to toe with the Kansas city chiefs. We just watched what the Oakland Raiders did to the Kansas city chiefs. They were able to go toe to toe with them. Does do the Oakland Raiders have a better offense than the Buffalo Bills? I I don't think so. Maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe their rushing game is better because they have Josh Jacobs. But the Bills, I feel like, have more weapons on offense. And the Bills, you know, the game against the Chiefs was kind of an, an anomaly. It was a sloppy game. It was rainy. I don't think the play calling was the best. We couldn't establish the run, so we were relying on Josh to do too many things. Plus, we were never on the field. Let's, let's be honest. The, the, the Chiefs had the ball for, I believe, 38 minutes in that game because they were running the ball. So let me hit the comment section. All right. CM Banks says defensively we need to do the same what we did dangerous to Herbert. Mix up man and drop into zone coverages. I agree a thousand percent. And can I just say too, great comment, man? Can I just say too that um how nice it was to the last couple games, I've noticed Tremaine Edmonds is doing a lot better in his assignments, whether it be a spy on uh Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. Um, Even in coverage, he seems like he's getting a little bit better, you know, maintaining um his can or he's maintaining the contain where he's supposed to be. And it's nice because we were all concerned about Tremaine Edmonds. I think that we were all concerned that he's, re- he had regressed, but I just feel like the scheme is kind of adjusting to the parts that are, but have been, you know, injected into it. You know, we, we put Mario Addison in there and then we're like, all right, well let's rotate Trent Murphy in there. Trent Murphy's not doing anything. So then we flip back to, to Mario Addison. We wanted to see what AJ Epinesa had. So we put him in there. We want to see what Quentin Jefferson can do on the end. So we were shuffling him around. So a lot of this stuff on the defensive line, don't forget, we ha- we don't have style tule that is able to let these, you know, eat up these blocks so that our, our backers can get through, and, and hit the running backs when they're coming through these lanes. If that's not happening, these running backs are meeting the linebackers already, you know, at the next level. So, and you know, some of these running backs are going to be a mismatch for our linebackers. They're, they're just as athletic, if not more than, than our, than our linebackers are. So, all right. So I think we're going to win Sunday. I'm going to go more in depth on Bill's allergy on Saturday. I didn't want to break it down too much. I feel like the keys of the game are absolutely get in Herbert's face. Let him know that we are going to be a mosquito on him all day long. Make him uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, Shut down. If Eckler plays, fine. If Eckler doesn't play, we need to shut down whoever's running the ball for them. Um, Keenan Allen, I believe on Tredavious White, is a nice matchup for Tredavious White. I do like Keenan Allen. Um, He's very similar to what Stephon Diggs does. He can do just about everything. Um, But other than that, they don't have a ton of... Of weapons like the Bills do offensively, so I think if it becomes a game where who's going to score more points, I think the Bills have the offense to score more points against the Chargers. Um, and watching the Chargers last four or five games, yes, they've come back in some of these games, and yes, they've lost a ton of close games. I believe they've lost six games or seven games by you know a score or less um, with a, they've had the ball with a chance to win a lot of these games. Um, they they haven't they haven't played a, a ton of good talent. Um, And they're throwing like crazy in the second half. So you look at the stats for Herbert. You look at the stats for their offense. A lot of that stuff is because teams are playing prevent defense against them in the second half. So I I feel very comfortable about our matchup on Sunday. I think the Bills are going to come angry. I think that McDermott's going to want to prove a point that what happened with that Hail Mary pass doesn't happen to our secondary. We don't give up plays like that. Poyer and Hyde definitely don't give up anything over 40 yards. That hasn't happened in this since McDermott's taken over this team where they give up a Hail Mary play like that with just weird coverage and trying to get Kyler Murray instead of running straight at him. You're trying to chase him to the sideline, and we all know that was an issue. So I got the Bills winning. I'm not going to give a score, but I got the Bills winning. And then we can talk about the rest of the schedule. I mean, we got six games left. I won't do them in any particular order. I will tell you that I think down the stretch, I think we're going to go five and one. And I've said that for two weeks now. I've said that even before the Cardinals game, I thought we were going to win the Cardinals game, but we didn't. So here we are. I, I think that we're going to beat the chargers. I think that we're going to beat the Patriots. I think that we're going to beat the Steelers. I think that we're going to beat the Broncos. Who am I missing? And I, and I who, who am I missing? Um, I think the only game we're going to lose is going to be to the Dolphins. Um, and I think we're going to beat the 49ers. Um because everybody's talking about they're getting healthy, right? They're getting healthy at the, the 49ers are getting healthy at the right time. I don't I don't care. We're a better team on paper. They've got guys out for the season. I feel like we are a better team on paper than the 49ers are. Call me crazy. Let me know what you think in the comment section, but that puts us at 12 and 4, which I predicted before the season even started. Some things happened where some of the games I got wrong, but we're still at 7 and 3. Like I projected at this point in my you guys can go back and watch it on our channel. I projected that right now we'd be seven and three. So fins down, fins down. Well, here's the thing. I think that we go into week 17 and we don't even need to play that game. We I I don't the Dolphins are gonna go three and three, which puts them at nine and seven. They'd be they'd be eight and seven going into that game, I feel like they're gonna lose the Chiefs. The Chiefs want the number one overall seed. And I feel like the Raiders are going to be jockeying to get into the playoffs, wild card in the hunt, whatever it is. And I feel like the Patriots, you know, it's a division game and uh, anything could happen. The Patriots have been very weird this year. There's been games when they've looked like they can compete, and then there's games when they just look horrible on offense. So I think three and three, that puts them at nine and seven, eight and seven going into week 17. You know, we're 12 and three at that point. What do we got to play for? I mean, unless we have to, you know, we're looking for a, a buy, which we don't get a buy because if the Chiefs have a better record than us, they got the head-to-head against us. So I don't see the Chiefs losing very many more games this season at all, to be honest with you. Um, and unless we're playing for the number two seed um, against the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Steelers have the buy. The Steelers have the buy at this point. But it's early. It's early. And I don't think – I think – so, all the power rankings, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but all the power rankings have come out. And trust me, I'll reel this back in. All the power rankings are coming out, and everybody's putting the Steelers number one because of that 10 and 0, right? Steelers players are talking shit, right? The coach is talking smack. Mike Tomlin's all over the place saying 10 and 0 feels good. 10 and 0 feels good. It's 10 and 0, still 10 and 0. This team hasn't won 10 games in a row. I've never won 10 games in a row. Like, he's talking all this smack, right? If you played the Kansas City Chiefs right now, you would absolutely get your ass handed to you. And it's it wouldn't even be close. So the fact, if you played the, the Oakland Raiders right now, you're probably getting smacked. If you played the Buffalo Bills right now, I feel like you're getting smacked. So say all you want about the 10-0 Steelers. I feel like the best team in football right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. They find ways to win. You can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. That game looked dicey for a while when the Raiders were up you know, heading into the, the, near the end of the third quarter. But Patrick Mahomes, like Andy Reid said, I'm not concerned at all. I, I got, I got Patrick Mahomes over there. Like, and we're good. We'll just call plays and win seven plays, 75 yards. And it looked like they were slicing a knife through butter. Like the, the Raiders looked like they couldn't, they couldn't stop anything. And it is what it is. So. We're going to be 12 and four. I have a feeling like it. plus on the fact that Sean McDermott is, and I don't want to jinx it, but Sean McDermott's three, zero in his first three seasons after a bye week Sean McDermott is also a very streaky head coach, whether it be very good or whether it be on the other end. Um, If you look at what happened in 2017, the bills lost three games in a row. Everybody thought that the wheels were falling off the bus. And then what does Sean McDermott do? Turns it around. We go on a winning streak. We backdoor the playoffs. We're in. Sean McDermott wins look at this season so far right four in a, we won four in a row we lost two then we won three in a row so we're very streaky I feel like this team's going to go on a streak we're, we're we're gonna be jockeying for playoff position every single week and looking to get better and better every single week so I think we have something to prove to be honest with you all right let me hit the comment section because you guys are jamming them in here. Jamming in here Again, if you guys are watching, please, wherever you're watching, smash that like button. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell, hit the subscribe button, watch it on Facebook, share this video. If you're watching it on Twitter, thank you. Please comment. We'll get to all of them. Appreciate it. And if you guys want to support the brand, um, you guys can hit a super chat. I'll definitely read your comment. Put it on the screen. We'll dissect the information that you want to talk about. If it's a question, if it's a comment, um, if it's some information you're looking for, we'll go after it. All right. So let's see. I'm trying to find there was a comment back here. There's so many of them I can't even get to it. All right, see. I just I wanna I wanna digress for a minute. Like I know on the Bills bunker last night, A Rich, Jacob, and Cody were talking about isn't it nice to know that the Bills are The Bills are absolutely, absolutely in the driver's seat. Isn't that nice to know that we control our destiny? You know, last year, it was real refreshing too that when we played the Steelers last year, excuse me, we won and we clinched our own, you know, our own playoff spot. And it's nice to know this year, whether it be Tom Brady out of the division or not, it's nice to know this year that. We're on top. We've been on top since week one. Um, We've beaten four teams in our division already. Well, we've won four games in our division already. We've beaten three teams. We beat one of them twice um, already. And if we can just do our job every Sunday and not do typical Sean McDermott sometimes-esque things where we kind of play down to our competition – um, because if you look at how we played against the Seahawks, right? sky high, people were putting us in the championship conversation contender conversation. um but then there was the game against the Jets where we couldn't do anything on offense. We scored eighteen points. We won, but it was concerning. A lot of people were concerned, especially coming off, you know, losing two straight, right? Oh, well, the Jets we're gonna write the ship. it's the jets. we're gonna we're gonna obliterate the Jets. and then we put up eighteen points. We're losing in that game at one point. Um, So we just need to stay focused, stay positive. It's nice to just know that the Dolphins lost to a team that I don't think, if they're who they think they are, I'm channeling my inner Herm Edwards, they know who they think they are. Um, They had no business losing to the Broncos. If they were going to be a legitimate playoff contender in the hunt, whatever, a threat to the AFC East, they would have had no business doing what they did on Sunday. And <clears throat> they didn't look good at all. Their offense wasn't doing shit until Fitzpatrick came in. And then Fitzpatrick, in typical Fitzpatrick fashion, love him or hate him, let him on a drive seem like he was just on rhythm, on rhythm, on rhythm, on point. They got a field goal. Then he got the ball back, moving, 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 moving. And you're like, oh shit, this game's about to be tied. After Melvin Gordon fumbled it that last drive. And then Fitzpatrick did what Fitzpatrick does in a key situation, throws a red zone interception. And that was that, but it's nice. It's nice to see the Patriots at four and six. I don't even really worry about the jets anymore because they're 0 and 10, but it's nice to see, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. It's even fun to see that the dolphins are six and four and very competitive because it's going to make the future interesting, right? They have a ton of good draft, or they have a ton of draft picks next season. I feel like they're just going to keep being on the rise. The bills are, I think, are, are set for the future. We're going to continue to rise and rise and rise. So that's what we want. We want competition within our division so that we can be the best of the competition. And then we can talk about what else is going on in the AFC. Then we can talk about what else is going on in the NFL. Let me know what you guys think on that. <clears throat> I love this comment right here. RD 706. We should we should rename Buffalo Allentown from now from now on because you know you come into Josh Allen's house. Yeah, I mean and I mean the, the game. Okay, so if it gets to this point, which I don't think it's going to, the Dolphins are coming to Buffalo. It's the, it's week 17 in Buffalo. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be snowing. It's gonna be crazy weather. And I I, I just don't see us at that point having to win that game to win the East. I don't. I think if we win three more games, if we go on a three-game win streak and we're 10-3, and I think we're about a 95% lock to win the AFC East. And the odds came out. The odds makers from Vegas came out this week after the Dolphins lost and gave the Bills an 85% probability that they're going to win the AFC East. So Vegas knows this stuff. Like, it's, it's insane. Vegas, yes, they're wrong every now and then but there's a reason why people gamble on, and there's a reason why there's point spreads because Vegas understands a lot of the little intricacies about how things work and they I, I think they got it right so <clears throat> this is a great question let me let me let me think on this for a second what do you think the chances are that the Jets get their first win against the finns well I think it's not that unrealistic to think that this game will not be really competitive. It depends on who's quarterbacking the Jets. If Flacco is still in there, I think Flacco will do Flacco things, good or bad, maybe both. Um, if Darnold's in there, he hasn't played in forever. Um, that may, that might not be good. If I'm the Jets at 0-10, would you even want to play Sam Darnold the rest of this year? I mean, you basically have already mailed it in. You're You've been mathematically... Eliminated from the playoffs. Would you even want to put Sam out there for six games knowing that he may get injured? Um, if he is part of your, you know, your growing pains and your, your rebuild. Um, then if he's not part of the, the the plan for the future, then he's probably not going to see another game and they're just going to go, you know, we'll put out whoever we can put out there be competitive. Um, but, yeah, I, I see this game could be competitive. I honestly do. Um, watch the Dolphins games. The defense is doing a lot and their special teams. is doing a lot to keep the Dolphins in these games and putting them in very favorable positions. And nobody's talking about that. Everybody wants to talk about Tua time. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, they were 3-0 leading up to last week with, with Tua in there. Nobody talks about the 93 yards passing in his first game, and they got a blocked punt. And a pick six that helped them win that game. Nobody wants to talk about how he was benched because he had 83 yards passing in the th- through the third quarter. Nobody's talking about this stuff. They're talking about, well, he's a rookie. You know, he's 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 making rookie mistakes. So nobody wants to talk about the fact that the Dolphins defense is carrying that team right now. So I'll, let me hit the comment section. It's not like the Dolphins lost AFC East to us in Buffalo back in the 90s. Great comment, man. I love the little little shade. Bill's Bunker. Jets will come out to play. Imagine seeing – imagine Gase beating Miami. That's a good point. That's a good point. But there's a lot of rumors that the Jets are looking at um, the Northwestern head coach, Pat Fitzpatrick, who is – he's been at Northwestern, I think, forever. And he's – that would be a really good hire for them. He's a really good – He's a really good defensive-minded coach and he is very he has a lot of stability. He's been there for a very long time. I mean, they're not, you know, the big power, you know, power colleges, but that would be a good hire for them. So, Yes or two will make rookie mistakes. And see, that's the thing. That's the thing. If you're not confident that Tua can lead you back in a game where you're down 10 points, like, that concerns me if I'm a Dolphins fan. Like, once you made the switch to Tua, it should have been Tua for the rest of the year. Now, I understand that you're outperforming any sort of expectations you had about 2020, but it doesn't matter. If you thought that your team was a playoff-caliber team, no pun intended, if you thought your team was a playoff-caliber team, you and you were winning early on with Fitzpatrick, you should have left Fitzpatrick in there. Let Tua learn from Fitzpatrick. I think he would have a ton to learn from Fitzpatrick, honestly. But you switched in the middle of a three-game win streak. You switched or a two-game win streak. You, you you took him out, and you went with Tua. And now you're now you're having to deal with the fact that you think you might have made a mistake, but no, Tua's our guy. So it's just it's just it's an it's a really weird situation because what happens if he struggles this week against the Jets? You know what do you do for the rest of the season? Do you take him out against the jets or do you hope that he can beat the 0 10 jets? If it's halftime and you're losing to the jets and he has 55 yards passing, like he's been doing, he's averaging 120 something yards a game. If he's got 50 something yards at halftime. Are you going to leave him in there? Yes, you should, but will he, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely shitting on Tua cause I think he's going to be a, a good quarterback. If he can stay healthy, um, I think he'll be a good quarterback, and I think the Dolphins got their franchise guy. But the thing is, is let him play or don't let him play. You know, you can't do both. You can't have both. You can't have it both ways. So, again, please, guys, like this video, Um, either if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. um, We got 42 of you folks still rocking with me. Um, I know I'm kind of running along. I'm sure everybody's got some family in town because of Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you guys can have some sort of gathering with your family. I don't talk about the C word. Because that's none of my business. This isn't a political show. This is about the Buffalo Bills, so we'll keep it in that. Everybody, I just want everybody to be safe. So, is the QB position in in question in Miami? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not, because I think two things this season have happened. I think that you've completely lost the confidence that Fitzpatrick had in the Dolphins coaching staff when you pulled him when the team was playing well. And – Everybody knows Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of those guys who wears, you know, a thousand, he'll wear a thousand hats. You want me to be the guy? Do You want me to be the guy that teaches the guy? Do you want me to be the rah-rah guy? Do you want me to be the locker room guy? What do you want me to be? And he, he does it. But for some reason, this year when he was pulled, it, it affected him because he knew that this team is young, that they were overperforming, and I feel like he wanted to see what he could do with this young group of guys. Um, and then you put him back in, and then he has a pick in a, in a key part of the game where they where they were in line to either tie the game or, or you know, do whatever, to send the game to overtime, do whatever. And now Tua is the is the guy. I mean, Tua has to be the guy. So I don't think there's a, a quarterback controversy in, in Miami, and I think that Fitzpatrick now is just riding his timeout for the rest of the season. I would – and I'm not going to start this – Huge thing, but I would absolutely have no issues with bringing Fitzpatrick back here to be Josh Allen's backup next year. Um, I think he's hands down better than Matt Barkley. Um, I know that he has a relationship with Josh. Um, The city loves him. Um, I know how Sean McDermott likes to bring in players that have some sort of ties to the community or the team itself, have history with the team. Um, That's just something to think about. Just something to think about. That's for another video for, uh, for a later day. So. All right, let's see. Here we go. If the Dolphins tank for Joe Burrow or draft Justin Herbert instead of Tua, I will be a little bit scared of them. Truth be told with UDM3. I had a conversation with a Dolphins fan who is very active on on social media and he was not happy with the fact that I said Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are on a completely different level. Yeah, as of right now, These two guys came in and were setting the league on fire. They were both on teams that lacked talent, whether it be defensively, whether it be the coaching staff, whether it be, you know, weapons to throw to, weapons out of the backfield, what have you. Joe Burrow, at one point this season as a rookie, was second in the NFL in passing yards. Justin Herbert has one more touchdown pass than Josh Allen does. Now, I know both teams pass a ton because they're always trailing, they're always losing, so third, fourth quarters, pretty much pass, 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 pass. But those two guys look really good, and the AFC is loaded at quarterback for years to come, and I'm just glad that we finally have our guy. I firmly believe that Josh can compete with all these guys, and it's going to be fun to watch all these these guys go at it. Sunday should be fun. We We as Bills fans should be excited to watch these two young quarterbacks it's the first rookie quarterback the Bills are playing this season. We should be excited to kind of see this matchup because everybody's already talking about what Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are going to do next year. They're already talking about these guys could be better than some of these quarterbacks that we're in talking about in the MVP conversation next year. So it'll be nice to see if Josh can go out there, kind of silence the critics again, seemingly what he has to do every single week um, and the Bills can pull out a dub. Uh, or as Jordan Poirier likes to say, big dubs on Sunday. I think the Bills are absolutely going to win. Uh, let's see. Scott Fitting, let's get back to the Bills. Our QB is better. I agree, Scott. I, I I brought it back. I circled it back. All right, guys. So I've I'm almost hitting an hour. If there's anything else you guys want to talk about, put it in the comments. This show was kind of a little... Um, I was kind of all over the place, but coming off a of bye, I feel really good about our team seven and three. Second year in a row that we're seven and three. You guys should be extremely confident forward for the rest of the season, because we were seven and three last year, but we played nowhere near as good a talent last year in our first 10 games. We've played some really good teams. The bills have beaten four teams with six wins. The only team that can say that in the NFL, let me repeat that the Buffalo Bills which nobody's talking about in the national media, have beaten four teams, four, that have six wins or better. So this team's good. Um, Some parts of the season got a little dicey. I still think that Josh wasn't healthy for about a month. I still feel like we're trying to figure some things out defensively, which I do think we're going to get figured out. Um we're trending in the right direction, right? And I think that we're doing that the, at the right time because you just got to get in, right? But I feel like this is the year we're going to we're going to take the east and we're going to get really hot on defense. I just I have this feeling that we're going to get healthy. We're going to get really right on defense right at the at, at the most peak opportune time and that's come playoffs. And I don't care who we play. I don't care if we play the Browns, I really want to play the Titans. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I want to smack around the Titans. Um, I don't care if we play the Colts. um, I don't care if we play the Raiders, the chiefs, the Steelers, whoever else is in there. I don't care. I think we can compete with everybody. This team is good. Everybody should be super positive. It's a great holiday season. We're going to have all four games in December, our primetime games. If you count the Denver Broncos game, that they moved to 415. That was one of the games when the schedule came out. It said Saturday or Sunday. They didn't know what to do with it. Um, because of how the season could have played out with you know the C-word happening. So that game's at 415. We got a Monday night game against the 49ers. We got a Monday night game against the Patriots and the Sunday night game against the Steelers. So it's gonna be an action packed season. So I want each and every one of you guys that are watching this show to do me a favor, please have an absolutely awesome Thanksgiving. Watch some football. The games tomorrow are going to be not so fun to watch um, because they, they moved the Raven Steelers game to Sunday. Um, so it is what it is. We got the Texans and the Lions, and is it the Eagles and Cowboys? So it is what it is. It's Thanksgiving. Spend some time with your family, get them pumped up about the Bills, tell them about our YouTube channel. Make sure they smash the shit out of the like button. Make sure you guys smash the shit out of the like button. Please subscribe. Um, I'm going to head out. But before I do, I want to just get everybody ready for Thanksgiving and take you all down memory lane with something that I feel like is going to go down in Bill's history as one of the greatest plays that has ever happened. It happened on Thanksgiving last year. Q. Josh Allen versus the Dallas Cowboys. And they're going to hurry up to the line. Was able to sneak one time for a first. They're going to try it again, aren't they? Yeah, fourth and a foot. And a mishandle on the snap. Allen picks it up, and he's still going. Look at Josh Allen. Oh, my goodness. The quarterback just out aggressive to the entire D line. Everybody. Whoa, watch this. He, it's a bobble. He picks it up and he's tackled. And then, this is honestly, this is why his teammates love him, though. He is a football player through and through. Oh. Number 17, recover the, recover the ball and gain a first down. That play was so awesome that Tony Roman couldn't even speak. He, didn't even, he, couldn't even, he wasn't even saying words. He wasn't even using the English language. He, he was making things up. Like I swear he wanted to say oh my god but he didn't he didn't think he could say that and then he did oh wow he couldn't even speak that's Josh Allen right there. That's the Buffalo Bills right there. Count us out all you want. We're gonna punch you in the mouth. Keep doubting us for the rest of the season. We're gonna punch you in the mouth. So I hope that everybody has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. We will be back on Bill's with Bill's Algae on Saturday night. Check it out if you guys haven't. Again. Josh Allen video that's up on our channel. Once you guys are done here, go to our channel and check it out. It's getting really good reviews. People people are loving it, watching it three and four times. Um every really really sharp throw from Josh Allen, we put in there um I went through over probably 40 hours of film to put it together. So, I hope you guys enjoy that. Smash the like button. Share this video. Subscribe please, please hit that notification bell so we can get this chat blowing up bigger and bigger each and every show. For the rest of my crew, again, Facebook, we just hit 20,000 followers. Everybody on the team, I love you guys. So have a safe, happy Thanksgiving. Get ready because the Bills are going to unplug the Chargers. I'm DM3. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you Saturday night with Bill's Zalge. Me and A. Rich will be back. We may have some more on the the show. We may not. May just be the the two co-founders rocking it out. I love you guys. Go Bills.